Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Greasers. I hope you're having an okay week, despite the fact that it is dark all the time and pissing down with rain. If you are in England listening to this and you are listening to it this week if you're somewhere else and it's sunny um, please just appreciate that it's we just are living in darkness it's just a permanent state of night which um, maybe is maybe is kind of suitable for this podcast um, normally I write the instructions guys and I thought maybe they're too formal <laughs> so I've gone more relaxed this week let me know how you feel about it um thank you so much for listening if you do enjoy the show please do rate and review it on itunes if you have done so already thank you so much for doing it. it's hugely hugely appreciated and remember you can subscribe as well so you never miss an episode this week's episode is a special live episode which we recorded live <laughs> uh, at the start of november at the bfi as part of their podstock festival which was a really um lovely little weekend of podcasts at the bfi and um, i am joined this week by some very special guests emma freud if you don't know who emma freud is i feel like well, where have you been she is a broadcaster she's a writer she's a journalist she's a script editor uh, she has done a bazillion things for Radio 4. She was the script editor on Four Weddings and a Funeral and The Vicar of Dibley. She's part of Comic Relief. She's an amazing, inspirational lady. And we were also joined by the incredibly funny Catherine Ryan. If you don't know who Catherine Ryan is, where have you been? Um, Catherine is a stand-up comedian. She has a Netflix special that's out now called In Trouble. She hosts Your Face on Mine. And she is a regular on every single panel show and an extremely funny lady. And yeah, it's the usual mix of uh, planning funerals and talking about death. And I very much hope you enjoy. Hi guys. Hello. Is that still on? Hi. Thank you so much for being here. I've had a stressful day, Guy. I had a row with a carpet man. 
he came to fix my carpet and it, actually I had a row with his manager and I like lost it on the phone so badly that he said you need to stop talking over me and I, he was like I can't finish a sentence I thought god we're having an actual row me and the carpet store manager and I got so worked up I was so upset and I, put the phone, I was like oh god because they you know they just lied about an invoice it was their fault. I won that guy. <laughs> it was their fault. And afterwards, I put down the phone and thought, God, I can't believe I got so worked up. It was so weird. It was almost like he was my dad. <laughs> and then the penny dropped and I was like, oh, yeah, I treated him like my dad. That's why I got so stressful. So some of you know how I feel. <laughs> yeah, some of you know how I feel. Middle-aged men scare me. I'm not used to them. They died. That's how I feel about them. So when they are aggressive to me, it's very confusing. Anyway, I have some amazing guests for you. Two guests. Very, very excited. Um, the first guest that you're going to meet, who's <laughs> offering by the door, is an incredible journalist, broadcaster, script editor, all-round hilarious woman. Please put your hands together for Emma Freud, everybody. <laughs> Something. If you could sit in the, in the middle chair, I know it's ridiculous. I, well, I'm going to do some contemporary dance. That's what's going to happen at the end of the podcast. Not good for a podcast, is it? Uh, and my next guest is a hilarious stand-up. She just finished a huge run in the West End, and she, she is a very, very, very funny lady. And she is Catherine Ryan, everybody. <laughs> contemporary dance, contemporary dance. I think I can put this down there. Right. Um, thank you so much for being here. We didn't get a chance to get in the venue. That's why it's a little bit like you've just turned up at my house. And I didn't know you were arriving. They can Come let in. us know if they can't hear us. Yeah, you can shout. Do you want some water, everybody? No. No. But this is really like ASMR, pouring it and listening. Oh, is that a thing? Like the listen, water does anyone have that? Watch yeah, this. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. And then you got to be like slash making you want the loo at the same time. <laughs> So if anybody here was ASMR, what would they be doing now? Would Jizzing. They just, right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Wrong show, wrong show, wrong show. Jizzing. Really you get like head shivers, kind of like when you're getting... You know when you get like goosebumps. Goosebumps? Yeah, goosebumps? I love the fact that she's going all water purist when she's the woman who walked in with a glass of red wine. <laughs> I'm a lot like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> there was a man at Waterloo preaching and he was saying... <laughs> sorry. It was so... I mean, you had to be there. But um, <laughs> he was going, Jesus will save you. But everything Aww. else was normal. Jesus will save you. He'll save your soul. Jesus. I thought, why has no one told him he's saying it wrong? <laughs> Performative, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's true. Maybe Because now here you are spreading the word. <laughs> oh, God. That's how he did it. Oh, shit. <laughs> he's good. That God is good. He's really good. Um, thank you both so much for being here. Um, as I said, the live show is a bit more relaxed. But we are still talking about death. So my first question is always, um, Emma, how do you feel about death? How are you feeling about your death, particularly, or, or death in general? You choose, A or B. Uh, I'd like to do both. Okay, great, great. Um, I, I'm, I feel very good about death. Oh, do you? In a yes. good place, good. Trying to work out this morning why I feel good about death, why I was so looking forward to coming on here and talking about death, why I'd be happy to talk about death for most of the rest of my life. Mm. And I think one of the reasons is that I was born into this weird family, the Freud family, and... It's a sort of, there was a lot of expectation. Yeah. There was a lot of, yeah, a lot of pressure in that way. And um, I think I just, I was the fourth of five children. And I think I just decided very early on that partly because my brothers told me relentlessly how stupid I was. <laughs> and my nickname was Fat and Ugly. <gasps> 
Yep. It was fine back in those days. <laughs> we didn't have enlightenment. Yeah, it wasn't that fine. <laughs> um, but because of that, I think my expectation for myself was zero. So I thought that I, my absolute dream and my absolute ambition when I was a teenager was that I might one day be able to be the person in the gallery of a TV studio who held the clipboard. Wow. Mm. That's all I wanted. Yeah. That was my goals. Yeah. If I could do that before I died, then my life would have been worth living. And I think when, when my first job then became presenting in TV and then presenting chat shows in TV and presenting radio programs, and then I got to go out with Richard Curtis and <laughs> all sorts of nice things happened to me. I think I left my, I think I overachieved my own sense of my own yeah. ambitions from the age of about 22. And therefore, I'd be perfectly happy to die right now on stage in front of these people. <laughs> I, I have nothing well, left. Congratulations, because... No, it's not going to happen. So I'm really fine with it. I honestly am. I just, I have no need to see my grandchildren if I ever have any. I would just be happy to go now. So you don't have the fear? You don't have the death anxiety? Nope. Wow, that's amazing. Do you? Yeah, I've got terrible death anxiety. Terrible. That's why you do the grief. Yeah, that's why I talk about death incessantly. I just worry about dying all the time, but I don't worry... Like, if I died, I'd be okay about it, but I just worry about it still. I worry about other people dying as well. Just constantly. Do you worry about me dying? Because you don't need to do that. I <laughs> well, can now take I can that take one you, away. I yeah. can take you off the list because you're okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I just worry about... St I mean, yeah, there's a big... Um, there's a big thing, of, especially if you lost a parent young, of having this insane anxiety because obviously you lived a very stable life and then it got taken away very, very suddenly. So everyone I've met who lost a parent as like sort of child or teenager is like super edgy because <laughs> they're just like, so shit can go wrong. And it's also at the point where everyone's telling you, we're fine, life's fine. You just got to believe in yourself and you'll be fine. You're like, everyone lied. It's sort of what you turn that into in your head. But I'm not going to worry about you dying, so that's okay. I'm thrilled. <laughs> I also like the way that already this has turned into a therapy session. Yes, well, that's Griefcast. Yeah. <laughs> Free therapy because therapy is expensive. So that's it. Um, Catherine, how do you feel about dying? Are you worried about it? Um, I yeah, so, I didn't lose a parent. Though other men in the town would die, and my mom you made that sound like it was a ritual thing that happened. Yeah. No, other men would die, and my mom would say, "Oh, it's always the nice fathers and the nice husbands that die." And here's my husband alive. Like, he, <laughs> like her friends who loved their husbands dearly, those were the husbands that would die. Yeah. So it is a shame, and I know it's indiscriminate, and people will just die. It's they crazy. just do, yeah. One of my very good friends, uh, Emily Dean, is writing a book about yeah. uh, her life, but also it includes her sister's death. And it, past guest on the Grief Girls. Oh, she's so she, she's amazing. If you haven't listened to the episode, you'll get the book. Incredible. But um, and listen to the episode. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I don't know the whole story about her sister's death, but I know that she had small children, and you yeah, think, well, yeah. I can't. I've got things to do, and I've got these small children, and I'm only in my 30s or whatever. So, no, I, I understand that, and there are people that I know who've been murdered uh, just because I'm a woman, and that's what happens to us sometimes. Um, and then it's true. I learned very young that if you break up with the boy, he'll probably kill you. And so I stayed in long-term relationships. Yeah, you got to be safe. Yeah, you got to be safe. Got to watch it. Um, but. Do you worry about your uh, I own don't. death? When I, when I was expecting my daughter, who's nine years old now, that's the first time I started to really feel uh, either like someone's going to come up behind me and kill me and steal the baby, or then I oh. thought my life, I needed to be alive for someone else. Yeah. That's the first time I started worrying about it. And then 
Uh, I mean, no, I wouldn't categorize it. I mean, I'm probably in between you, Emma, and you, Carrie Ann. When you say I have anxiety about it, and Emma just doesn't give a shit, uh, <laughs> I'd prefer to stay alive. But, yeah. but you know, um, my youngest is now uh, 15. Yeah. And he'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. He really would. Yeah. I get that. I, You know, when they're little, you think, ah, someone's got a, you know, breast Well, yeah, definitely. Me. But well. 15, it's like, it'll be a story and he'll yeah. get girlfriends He'll get a podcast out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I had this other day, I think I said this in another episode, I did this gig where everyone had to choose, uh, like, a significant song and then you had to, like, talk about it and they played it and I chose, um, because I love death, I chose a song at my dad's funeral and this guy got up and told this story about how he had nearly died and, you know, um, the hospital had just saved him. It was just as his daughter was being born and he kept imagining all her life and how she wouldn't have a dad. And I was at the side being like, "Uh uh-huh. And he was like, I wouldn't see her get her GCSEs or get married. And I know these things seem silly. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. And it made me, it was just really interesting. So I was like, oh, you think it would devastate her, but I sort of wanted to say to him, she'd be all right. Like, She'll be all right. Obviously, she'll be sad, but I sort of thought, like, because I'm that girl, and it sort of felt weird that he was like, oh, God, imagine if she didn't have me. And I was like, yeah, imagine. That's what happens. I bought it straight down. I've gone there straight away. That's the grief cast. People who haven't listened to the show are thinking, I'm not going to listen to it. Um, no, that's good. That's encouraging. We want to, of course, think yeah, that okay. You will be all right. Obviously, you'll be sad, but then you'll, if you just, that's life. There's going to be a sadness. But it's also, this is, and um, this is the reason that you did this show as well, yeah. isn't it? Because we're so weird about yes, death. Yes, I did a, so um, I did an interview a couple of weeks ago at the Cheltenham Literary Festival with Sir David Attenborough. (gasps) And it was a real... Oh, sorry, it's my phone flashing. Uh, It was a... David. 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 (laughs) David. Oh, God, please don't be dead, David. (laughs) I can't do Um, it. It was such a life goal for me. I was so excited about doing it. Uh, And he's such a hero to me. And he's 92 years old. 92? he's 92. It's nearly his time. And at the end of the interview, I said to him, um, I said, uh, I told my my son that um, I was going to be talking to you today and I asked if he had a question for you and he said I do have a question can you ask him when he dies will we get a day off school <laughs> and, good question yeah and he you know it was very funny and that was it the amount of hate mail I got <gasps> after that oh what on I mean not mail Twitter yeah just tweets I mean dozens and dozons of people going oh she talked about it. she asked me about death it was really unfair. but he's going to die of course he's going to die but That's also but it's just this complete, you know, when you talk to a 92-year-old man in depth for an hour on stage. Yeah, I want to know how he feels about it. a great big elephant standing in yeah. front of you called, he's really not going to be here in a year or two. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, the, anyway, it was a, a big no-no. I mean, if you don't want to have really horrible things said to you. Don't have him on the show, I guess, no. is the key. Because he keeps asking and I've said no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he's too good. But I think that's so, there's that weird thing. And you said people don't want to talk about it. Of like, what do you think is going to happen to it? He's not a tree. He's not just going to like stay around for hundreds and hundreds of years to, so that you die before him. He's going to die. Guys, like, I just find it so weird when people are so, this is what we talked obviously a lot on the show, when people are like, oh God, they die. And you're like, that is literally the one guarantee of anybody now here in this room as a human. But you you know will die. I love, there's a meme with uh, two pregnant uh, mothers or fathers, I don't know, but I don't mean... Yep. Now it's 2018. Get with it. Because <laughs> they're silhouettes, so I don't know. And so it was just two pregnant, let's say, wombs, and then yep. babies in the wombs. And one baby was saying to the other, wombed like through the womb walls, by the way, in this meet. <laughs> the baby was saying, oh, there's no life 
after we're born, like when we're born, we can't possibly survive outside of mother and it's going to be the end. And the baby was like, don't be stupid. Of course there's life outside this womb. We can survive with the mother. And the one baby inside the fetus was like, no, we can't. How could we survive without the placenta and everything else? And um, and I like to think that about death. There are people who say it's the end, it's the end. Yeah, yeah. Imagine it's like being born. Imagine this is the womb. Yeah, I, I know. I guess because I deal with it so like up close and I read books about it constantly and talk to people about it constantly. I'm always surprised when people are like, oh, I don't want to talk. I'm always like, what? Wow. Imagine that being your life. But they probably think... Imagine being immersed in death. I, my, I tweeted about this as well. Like my, I get sent so many books about death that my bedside table now is learning to die, how to grieve, gone too soon, the day that went missing. Uh, yeah. Like it was so depressing. I had to move the books off the, out of the bedroom because I was like, sexy bed reading, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually, I was reading one the other day and I turned to him and I was like, if I'm ever a vegetable, turn me off. <laughs> and he was like, we're going to bed, it's too much. So I do understand, it can be too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but not for me. How do you want to go? If you're called about it, Emma, which is great, good, but do you have like, oh, but if I had a choice, I'd like to... I have a lot of thoughts on this subject. Okay. I once read an, a newspaper article which said so-and-so died last week, um, killed by a turnip which came flying off a lorry while they were walking along the side of the oh. road. And I just thought, you don't want that. You don't yeah. want a comedy death. No. Because that is rough for your kids. It is really it? rough. And there are, someone talked, actually, this is poignant, someone died getting their head stuck in a cinema seat. It's not yeah. good. Yes. No. Which we talked about in the episode. And I, so everyone right now, do not put your head in a seat, okay? Because you get, you, you, if it's your kids and they go, oh, my mum's died. And they go, oh, it's so sad. How did she die? She got, oh, she got hit on the head by a turnip. It's like, that's funny. It's like, no, 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 go back with the sympathy. Yeah. It's not fun. I am relieved I can say pancreatic cancer yes, rather good. than turnip. Definitely. I don't want pancreatic cancer. No, my, no. I have a few problems with this in that um, my very nice boyfriend, Richard, uh, who I could survive without. Yes, of fine, course. Couldn't survive without me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's complicated. It's to do with tea. It's to do with food. It's to do with washing <laughs> up. Basic survival. Really, yeah, he mm -hmm. couldn't. So whenever I go, he has to go as well. Oh, okay. Su or, suicide pact? No, I think I've, if I'm dying, he said, just kill me on your way down. <laughs> but I thought that the best way for me to go would be doing the Radio 4 show that I do, oh, Loose Ends. Loose Ends, I love Loose Ends. Just because it would be it's hosted by Clive Anderson, he's so uptight, <laughs> that the idea of how he would segue <laughs> onto the next guest <laughs> would give me so much pleasure. So Emma's died, but we do have a Malawi musician here who's uh, <laughs> going to talk to us about his new album. Yeah, that would and be now, amazing. Ian Rankin. Yeah. <laughs> it would, he couldn't, and that would be just heaven for me. So I would die just in the drop studio. dead, you just want to drop dead? Yeah, I drop dead, and then as I'm going down Richard would be in the, in the <laughs> studio with me because he likes to come to watch my thing and I would just well you just stab him as yeah. you go down yeah you've got to aim well though Sorted. but you've got to aim well because you don't want to just maim him I practiced I practiced okay good <laughs> Meme. yeah otherwise he's just bleeding and then oh then he survives and everyone's like oh Emma tried to kill you to say but and that's a comedy death yeah that then becomes died. comedy death trying to stab my dad <laughs> Okay, I hadn't thought that bit of it. Yeah, too that's yet. true. And then she got hit in the head with the turnip as he defended himself. <laughs> whatever was in the kitchen. I did really want David Attenborough to die during my interview with Cheltenham <laughs> because I thought if that happened, you're going to get some hate tweets now. That's <laughs> I know. Imagine though. No, I did tell him it before the show actually, and he was fine with it. But I said, if you die during a 
our interview, then I will give you CPR and the front page of all the papers the next day will be me giving you the kiss of death, but it'll look like we're kissing and it will look like we're more intimate than we are and that will be very good for my reputation. If he, if you're giving him CPR and he dies, like, this is too awful, I'm not it even going to say. It could look like a sexual moment and yeah. it would be blue planet. Oh! Oh yes, no that's so sexual. good. That's so I good, Catherine. Yeah, that's amazing. You'd have to get his dick out just to be sure. <laughs> oh no, this has gone. I feel like we were just talking about death, but it's gone wrong. Still sexual man, Carrie. At ninety-two. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? Like probably people will have less problem with that than they would with insinuating he's going to die. They'd be like, yeah, he's still got it, but don't you say he's going to die on me. Or that we'll get a day off school. Or that you get a day off school. Um, Catherine, how do you want to go? Do you have thoughts? Mm, I don't know. I um, I would not like to go violently. I think that's yeah, sure. And I don't yeah. like the suddenly thing. No, either. it's too quick. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. Even though I know that in an accident scenario, anyone I know who survived a terrible accident doesn't remember the accident. Yeah. It's like childbirth. You'd never do it again if you could remember it. <laughs> I think pe it, your brain protects you in ways yeah. like erases memories of uh, traumatic accidents. Anyway, um, I do need to live to be very old because I'm kind of the biggest person in my family. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. a lot of the people in my family are either like, in like sexy dance troops or <laughs> men's rights activists or dead or I just don't know them. Like my daughter really needs me to be right, alive. Okay. She does. Yeah, 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 How yeah. do you mean you're the biggest? You're the tallest? I No, I'm like the, the most, most successful. I, I, well, <laughs> I'm the most competent, I think. I think you can say most successful if they're in sexy dance troops. I own a house. Okay. <laughs> I, I just think like I don't know. My family are fine, but if I, I don't know where my daughter would go. She'd have to go back to Canada probably. And join like, the sexy dance troupe. Join the, uh, yeah. That's live okay. with my one sister and be in the sexy dance troupe, or live with the other sister and live in the woods because she lives in the woods. Wow. But maybe the woods wouldn't be so bad, Catherine. If it's sexy dance troupe or woods, I think I might go, you know, the woods is okay. Sexy How sexy the is the sexy dance troupe? It's great, actually. It's called Army of Sass, and it's a bunch <laughs> of young women that do sexy dances just for fun, and they have thongs on and clothes on. They're themed, so they did, like, The Wizard of Oz. But it sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, they, they do musicals, but, like, sexual. <laughs> and then... This is how I want to die, watching Army of Sass. <laughs> yeah, they they didn't do follow the yellow brick road. They did follow the uh, yellow thick hose. <laughs> and then they... And Blue then, planet. Yeah. <laughs> and then my dad has to attend these concerts. It's really bad. They do a Christmas pantomime. But they have a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds really fun. It's sort of an extension of pole dancing classes. And yeah. things like, I don't know. So I... Um, so you, you want to die slowly then? I just need to be around, I feel, for these people. To sort some stuff out. I don't really know what's happening. Yeah. If you are going to die, it's going to happen. You, you so want a bit of a older. I already have old. lupus, so I think I'll probably die of that. Oh, okay. But not right away, hopefully. Don't get sad about it. Like, when I'm maybe, I think once you're 85, it's still sad. You know, sometimes people lose their grandparents. They'll be like, granddad is only 97. And you're like, come on. Yeah. I think um, those people we forget, 
are probably at peak. They've come to the end of their lives. They've achieved things. Hopefully they've survived things. And they go, do you know what? I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I had a huge mess- uh, lesson in that, though, from my amazing mother-in-law, who's dead now. Mm. But when she was still alive and her husband, so she would have been in her 80s and her husband would have been in his late 80s and he was very very poor he had Alzheimer's and dementia and then he spent a year in a coma basically at home nursed by her Um, but he didn't speak for the last year of his life or really open his eyes you know he was just he was alive but he was just in in the sitting room it was you know it was that situation and when he died after a year, everybody wanted to say to my mother-in-law, "Well, you know, I mean, best yeah, day. Yeah. You know, it hasn't. It has. It's been hard, and you've had no. And it's for the best. Now you can let him go. All yeah. of that. And she just kept saying, "Will you stop saying that? Yeah. I loved him. Yeah. yeah, and I miss him. And I didn't love him only when he was chatty and walky. I loved him when he was comery and light. Yeah, yeah. And it, the fact that I've not not got him is a huge sadness to me. I'd have been perfectly okay if he'd been in that coma for another yeah. decade. And it was it was such a I mean, it doesn't if you say it like that, it's no surprise that her son was Richard Curtis in yeah, a way. Yeah, yeah. You know, he she just was love. Mm. And the fact that he was ill was irrelevant to her yeah. in terms of her love for him. I think, though, that's the thing with death is when you're outside it, people are so desperate to put logic onto it. So then if they can say to that lady, your mother-in-law, oh, it's a relief, they feel relief because because a part of them is going, why do we die? Part of them is going, why does this happen? Why is there pain? Why is there trauma? I'm a human. I can't process it. And where's the good bit? Where's oh, we had a good bit? innings and yeah. it's a relief that he's so gone people tick. People are so desperate for that. And like my dad, as regular as well know, uh, diagnosed in the February, dead by the April. I literally have said that so many times. And um, so many people say, well you know he would have hated to have been ill for a long time and we all remember at the time being like yes yes and I remember thinking in a small voice I wouldn't have minded another month <laughs> like yeah. would have been alright guys but you're just looking for logic to, to ground it to be like this is why they died because you know then that you know your mother-in-law needs to rest and she needs peace it's not fair for her that makes sense that's why they went I think it's just desperation I'm sure a thousand of people have said this on the grief cast um, but that whole thing of I'm so sorry yeah Ugh, jeez, when my parents, when my, you know, when I've had family members that have died, that, I just want to punch. Yeah. What are you meant to say? It's so hard. except I'm so sorry, (laughs) or I'm so sorry that you've lost your sister-in-law. So I haven't lost, I know exactly where she is. She's in a coffin and she's under the ground. But we are sorry. Well, then there needs to be another way of communicating that because it's just, it's turned into a cliche that becomes like a stomach blow to someone who is not going through a happy time. And what's hard through sexual dance. Very much so. Can, can I tell you my other one, which really, really fucks me off? Are we allowed yeah, yeah. to say fucks me yeah, off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's me, yeah. Is, is there anything I can do? Yes, I am very angry at that one I as well. Don't angry. ask, do something. Yes. Don't ask. That's my thing too. Yeah, just do it. And also, give me a present. it's not (laughs) rocket science it's the thing you do of course there's something you can do I'm really sad and you've got some money (laughs) and I wanted to pin 20 pounds to you anything sexy dancer send me a sense of candle for god's sake I know I've had people ask that to me like go people often get in touch and go oh so and so's 
something has died you know what could I do is anything I could do and I'm just like use your breath like of course do they need food do they need you to come around and clean do they need a card like it's the same like when you have a baby it's like don't ask just use your brain what do you think they need would be useful or it's nice just do bring food around enough bring food food is such a great one although then I did have one listener who was like we had so much food like they couldn't keep it in the fridge anymore that's not a problem though oh yeah I'd rather have that than than, than the thing that you eventually get which is if a hundred people and how lovely to have a hundred friends and you know I'm not being rude about them though I hate them all (laughs) so I've had a hundred people say if there's anything I can do just let me know you kind of carry that as a responsibility it's like I've got to think of something because I know that person really wants to help Uh what can I give her to do that will be helpful and I had this this thing with funerals I did three funerals in 18 months organized just had a little glut of deaths um a while ago and um my thing that I did was when everybody said what can I do or is I can come to the funeral what can I I just said can you bring a cake can you make a cake and bring it and so when we had the funerals we had like 50 cakes and we made this tea table and it was partly a competition you could really see who'd put the effort in (laughs) which really was enjoyable but it was the most delicious tea but the more important thing was that 50 people who came to the funeral went I've been part of this I've helped I've done something and that's always been my biggest thing with the funeral is give give people that sort of role yeah but you're right though that's the problem is it it puts responsibility on you and you're grieving and all you can think is why did they die and then someone's going oh what do you want me to do and you're like I I don't know what I and your brain is in a completely different place but I think simple things like food and stuff is such a great because most people like sure I can do that and it's the what to say is really hard because some people love that I'm so sorry some people don't get really upset if you use the word dead not lost so you do have to kind of judge it as a per- if you want to be a helper but I think if you know your friend you know somebody knows you would be like okay she flowery language isn't going to cut it and I'm the same when people say lost I always think like well, I didn't he's dead like you know let's not be around the bush here but I've spoken to other guests who have said to me please don't say really yeah they've said please please I prefer the okay. term lost yeah. because yeah. for them it's yeah for them it's that's like they the dead is too harsh it's like too much of a like ripping off a plaster but I'm someone who rips off plasters so like I'm like let's get there let's look at the pain and examine it but not everyone is at that state um speaking of funerals yeah what do you want at your funeral? So you organise these three, so you, you, you know the lay of the land. What, what are you thinking for yours? Well, I'm excited about my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I would like... I, I don't... I've, I want it to be really fun. Yeah. And I'm reffing back now to the fact that, honestly, from every day after 23, it's been a shock and a surprise <laughs> and a delight. So there's absolutely no sense of what I should have or thought I might or anything like that. So it's literally a party. Um, but I really just want the music to be all by David Cassidy. <laughs> the entire thing? Is that wrong? No, I just think it's like, it's going to be intense. Well, because uh, it's really hard to choose one David Cassidy song that I love But do most. you mean like the funeral service or do you mean like funeral service and then you go to a wake afterwards and it's constant David Cassidy? No, 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 that would be too oh, much David Cassidy. I was kind of imagining that and no, I thought, no, no, that's no, no, fun. No. You don't think silly. that people will have suffered enough? <laughs> Catherine, you are so not invited to my funeral. <laughs> not having you She's anywhere turning up with place. Army of Sass. <laughs> they're doing a spontaneous David Cassidy-inspired routine. Wearing the wigs. No, I want three of his songs okay, at my funeral. The yeah. right. Okay, that's okay. Um, and then a lot of fairy lights, a lot of flowers. And, yeah. a lot of, and also, I'd love it not to be in a church. I'm not good with churches. Yeah, I'd love yeah. it to be in the theatre. It could be here. I love this room. 
it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and you get like a good amount of people because you don't want to ma- too many people at the funeral is a bit overwhelming. But also, if I'm dying at the same time as Richard, that is a bit oh, of a yeah. problem. It's going to have to be a double funeral. But do you know something? I'll get better billing because I'm with him, which has basically been the story of my entire life. <laughs> Completely slept they my way to the They might bump you to there. NFT1 if it's the pair of you. you I see? Think so. That would I think work. Because so. I think this is too small for the pair of you. Yeah, okay. But I'm still having David Cassidy, even though he's also got strong music choices. Okay. And can you even whittle it down to those three? Like what, what three songs it would be? David Cassidy. Daydreamer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe Daydreamer again and then another Daydreamer. <laughs> Different version of Daydreamer? Yeah, possibly. One Why sung d- by me. Yeah, it's going to... Or you could have someone singing it, a David Cassidy impersonator. I've sung at a lot of funerals. Have you? I've sung at... Th- Four funerals. Oh my god! Which is weird, singing next to a coffin. And oh, I've never seen yeah, a. No, it's odd. Alone, like a solo. Mm. What did you sing? Yeah, different things. I sang. Are you an amazing singer? No, I'm sort of competent. But wow, David Cassidy, Daydreamer. Did you break it out? I wish. <laughs> what did I sing at your mum's, Rich? Oh, I know that John Lennon song. Do you remember? Are you? Yeah, grow old again with grow grow old again with me. The best is yet to be beautiful. Ah. And then uh, your dad's. I sang some awful Filipino song that he'd like. <laughs> Do you remember? Oh. But that's I, I, but singing when people cry in the audience. Yeah, that's tough. That's yeah. re- no, it's lovely. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. Oh, because you'll feel like I'm I'm yeah, moving them. I'm doing it. You must be a good singer because the only people I know like. So my good friend Rachel Paris gets asked to sing at weddings all the time. And she's like oh. an amazing professional music- musician and singer. So you must be good. Because no one's going to be like, ask Emma, she's competent. <laughs> no one's going to be like, oh God, you know that song they loved? Emma can do a fine job of it. <laughs> you're good and you're sneaky. I play the piano as well. And if you can do that, you know. Are you trying to get bookings? <laughs> I'm in. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Adloyd Catherine what do you want your funeral to be like what are we what are we planning I don't want to have a funeral because okay. I'll be dead <laughs> but like after yeah but people have to deal with your dead body no so are you just being thrown out the I will car? be ravaged by science I don't get it I don't get it I don't understand weddings I don't understand funerals oh really I don't like it's it it's not really for the dead person really it is in my life <laughs> no I just I think um, I do understand that it is for the living but I feel that hopefully if I'm ill before I die and there's like a warning yeah People will just visit me and we'll have several little living wakes. And then when you're dead, you're dead. And I really despise when a celebrity dies and there's all this stuff on Twitter like, I once drank from a cup that was similar to the color. (laughs) It's like, I just really hate that. So you can go through my tweets. Any of my favorite celebrities die. I'm silent about it because I think it, it really 
just makes ugh, I just find it I don't know it's so icky it's like name dropping isn't it and it is like name dropping but also it reduces them to a tweet and I know they yeah. probably like it and it's beautiful I tweet about Betty White every chance that oh. I can and then people jump on and they say why have you done that is Betty White dead and I said <laughs> no she's alive so let's tweet about her now yeah, yeah she's yeah. alive and, and share these wonderful things about Betty White who's 96 so I mean let's check when we leave the room <laughs> I just feel very funny about funerals I've never enjoyed attending funerals because the person that I'm there for isn't there so so I was talking to my daughter about this my daughter's very wise and not a Martian like I am. And I was saying, it's so great that I don't have in-laws because I don't have to go all the way yeah. to their funerals. <laughs> um, because I don't want to talk about anyone. Let's say this, it may or may not be her dad. Someone's parents are getting on. Right. And um, there's going to probably be a funeral yeah, soon. Sure. And I said, And I said, do you want to go with this person who may or may not be your dad to the funeral. <laughs> and she's, Is she clear on who? She, she's clear. Okay. I'm not, I never make it clear. It could be anyone. Um, Richard Curtis, we don't know. <laughs> and I said, um, and she said, yes, I want to go to the funeral. I said, are you sure? Because it's a long way to go. And I think if my dad died, uh, I probably wouldn't go to the funeral because my dad would be dead. But if my dad's partner died, um, then I would probably go to be there for my dad who's right, still yeah, alive. Yeah. And then uh, and then Violet, my daughter, said, oh, well, when we go to that funeral for, for perhaps my daddy's family, um, you'll come as well. And I said, no, I don't think I'll come as well because I really think they don't like me. Um, <laughs> and she says, yes, mommy, but you'll come for me. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, you will. You have to go for her. So I get that. I understand that it's for the living, yeah. but I'm going to do everything I can to hopefully not die. And then when I come to the end of my life, if I have a warning, I'll like tie up all the loose ends and I just don't want a funeral. I don't want a single tweet about it. <laughs> a ban Please. that day. If anyone tries to tweet, it just never sends. You're like, what's happening? I want to tweet that I loved Catherine Ryan. No, just tell me now. <laughs> Did you see a living wake? Yes. I love that idea. Have you ever been to one? No. Have you? No, I haven't. Which is annoying on my desk checklist, but yeah. But, but it's a great it idea. Be? It would be fantastic. So what is the idea that you're on your way out? You've yeah. got yeah, weeks. It's, it's quite, I've heard it's quite common for people who are suffering with terminal illnesses and then they have a big funeral and they, actually, I have something about this. Sorry. I, I printed something off the internet and that means it's fact and I wanted to read it out. <laughs> this is literally what's happening. Yeah, so you can have a living wake, which um, I think one of my guest brothers did. They had um, just like invited everyone around for a big party and so basically like it was like a funeral that were there. But I also discovered this Chinese lady called Zheng Jia, 22-year-old student from Huan in China. She invited them to rehearsal of her own funeral so she could take part in the festivities while she's still alive. Yeah. So she did it, but with the funeral, not even awake. She just had her own funeral. She was in the coffin. <laughs> no. Yeah. <clears throat> Determined. Okay, so here we go. She realized that people spend a lot of time and effort on someone after they're gone and they never get the chance to appreciate it. And she decided not to let that happen. She used all her savings to arrange an elaborate funeral service complete with coffee and flowers and origami birds, as well as a crowd of mourners and then invited her friends and family. And they attended. I blame Instagram. <laughs> as she lay in the coffin with a Hello Kitty doll on her chest and she hired makeup artists to make her look dead 
and she spent an hour playing dead with her relatives saying goodbye to her after which she jumped out to attend the wake and even de delivered a eulogy in her honour <laughs> legend. legend I think that's a legend I'm just like, I'd like why not to that. yeah I think a living wake is a lovely idea although you know that thing of like a long goodbye yeah, at the end yeah. of a party uh, I, I like to do an Irish exit I actually. do yeah. Yeah. everyone having a great time oh I've gone yeah. so that's, I hate all that goodbye stuff but if you did that I really like every part of it except that you'd have to go I know bye yeah bye yeah, and the then bye you would be awkward quite even you don't have to do that yeah. ban that you get to plan it ban that yeah that's nope. true well, no one says bye nope okay yeah you could say that you're, they could be like you're at that party with me you're allowed to talk to me like we're at a party but you're not allowed to say goodbye or cry or cry or say I'm sorry for your loss <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind the crying crying's like good expression yeah I think okay yeah but I then you know. could ban goodbyes yeah I think that's a good and then would you do you want that Catherine a living one and then you're there no I personally celebration. I've had enough attention but <laughs> I think people when I hear about people getting married it really upsets me because they're like it's my special day and then they pick out a dress and now there's this whole she said yes to the dress and it's all about having a pretty dress and having pretty makeup and pretty photographers in a day where everyone looks at you. That makes me sad because I think no one's told these women that they can hire a makeup artist and put on a pretty dress and make everyone look at them any old time. <laughs> they don't have to have like layers of legality and stay with a man till yeah. they can afford a lawyer. I just don't <laughs> like it. No, I agree with you. I think yeah. it's definitely getting wrapped up in that. It's funny, isn't it? Because now like, that's not, by the way, how everyone gets married. Some people do it. It's an expression of love. And I think it's nice when loads of people stand up behind you and support this commitment. That's nice. But I get sad sometimes when people think it's their only chance to have a nice day. That's all. <laughs> but it's funny because there's such a commercialization of weddings. But it hasn't really hit funerals yet, has it? But I feel like we're, this is what we're talking about. Yeah, like you yeah. have a living funeral and then you get makeup, a nice dress, <laughs> and then all your friends to come around. Yeah. yeah. But wouldn't you want a funeral and end, like, so no celebration? What about, like, is there anywhere people can go to mourn? Like, a, you know, like a plaque or something or a gravestone? Nothing for you? Uh, not for me. I just, I what don't. What are we doing with your body, Catherine? Something. <laughs> like chucking it into uh, a university. Oh, okay. So did, did, giving it to science. For sure. If any of me is organic at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And that is it. I re I've been so upset at every funeral I've been to. I don't like it. Uh, I don't know that it's done in the way that the deceased would like. It's just not for me. But that's okay. It is for people. And people yeah, yeah, really yeah. need to do it. And they need that closure. But I, I laugh at funerals. I get really weird. <laughs> I, don't, no, I don't find it funny. I just get so uncomfortable. And I think it's not for me. I have funeral tips. Oh, great. Please. This is the place. It's not just the cake thing. I have other things yeah, to say yeah. that are slightly deeper. Um, one is that when you have to do this huge job with the funeral director, mm. where you have to make, apparently it's a thousand decisions, yeah. whoever's organizing the funeral has to do in the week after you've just lost someone that you really love. I haven't lost them. They died. They did. <laughs> um, you have a thousand decisions, and most of them happen in this first meeting that you have with the funeral director, who becomes someone you have on speed dial, which is kind of weird, that you get incredibly close this person then you never see them again mm. but you have this very intense relationship and what they don't tell you but I've never come across a funeral director who won't do this is if you ask them to have that big meeting in your own house they'll come to your own house perfectly oh. happily and then you can give them tea and cake and it makes the biggest difference yeah. I've done it a few times in both places and the difference when you can do it on your own chair yeah. with your own tea at the time when you're feeling completely messed up. Yeah, and I've had a lot of guests talk about very awkward funeral directors making jokes 
as oh. well. Yeah, and it's that thing, as people in the club know, it's like, I get to make the joke. Mm, not it's you. Not you. It's no. not for you to start, like, cracking out gags. Of, like, someone, well, I can't remember what episode where someone was just, like, asking about opinions of wood on the coffin, and then they were like, well, not, not the shill, not the shill mind. Like, and they were like, <laughs> she just died. Like, please, <laughs> not today. So, yeah, if they could make that joke in your own house, at least you could sass back. It really helps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another thing is that you always get asked how many cars you want. Oh yeah, the, the car thing. And the answer is none. Oh wow. Because why would you want to suddenly get into a chauffeur-driven black car? It's weird, isn't it? It feels like a funeral. And when you can drive yourself yeah. or get your son to drive you or your next You've door You've got neighbor. to put the coffin in one of those things, though, haven't you? But that's the, that's the yeah. given. But you then this whole... in the back f- of your car. No, but it costs hundreds. You, you know, you, 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 you drive up to the funeral directors in your own car and then they go, when you go to the actual funeral, how many cars do you want? It's like, well, I've got, I've got a car. Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll do my car. And then suddenly it's £400 cheaper. Yeah, but maybe you'll be too upset. To, to well, then that's when you get the next door neighbour. But I'm just saying the, the funeral bills are very high and you can okay. really bring, bring them Yeah, it's a bit Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, like people just add things on yeah. that you think, oh, I guess we have to have cars. And then, then you get this bill and you're like, what? That was a thousand pounds. I would have said no if I knew that bit was a thousand pounds. So you've got to watch it. Yeah. People exploit. Yes, because you're weak and vulnerable. And you're just, yeah. And so this is the thing. Like, that's why funeral directors become like prize. Because if you find a good one who's not going to like rip you off, people like, you need to go to Quimby and Sons on the high street. They're oh, nice. Wow. Yeah, because there, there are some horrible funeral directors out there. Obviously, there's loads of good ones. <laughs> Please don't start emailing me and telling me you're a good funeral director. But like, and it's a, you get a big bill. Like, it's, you know, it's a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. So yeah, you're right about the casting. And my grandparents' funeral, all the grandchildren got put in one of those black cars. And it was so weird because we just didn't know what, like, my, I hardly ever saw my cousins at that point. So none of us really knew each other. We were just sat in this chauffeur-driven car in silence, just like... Yeah, it was really grim. I'd much rather been in a car with, like, my mum and my dad at that time. Yeah, yeah it would have been nicer. Well, that's fine. Catherine's not having a funeral, so that's good. You put the record out there. Um, how do you feel about um, Afterlife? I know we've got to go there. <laughs> I felt the room be like, oh, God. Um, it's death. Like, do you think you're going anywhere, Emma? Or do you, you think... Um, Catherine's being, you know... I know what happens. Okay, what happens? Oh, do you want to go first? No, well, no. I already have the answer, so I don't want to, like, start with the answer. And then... <laughs> Okay, well, I'll get it wrong to start with. I, though I loved your thing about the babies. Thank you. That was very, very nice. I, I enjoyed that a It's just a meme that I saw. Yeah, no, 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 it was good. Um, I, I don't know. You don't know? No. But I went to a convent for eight years. Okay. And so that, it was all pretty clear there. And yeah. there was a guy with horns and a little thing yeah. and he had fire coming if out. If you kill Richard on the way down, yeah, and that's you're going I'm to going. hell. And yeah. also, annoyingly, he'll go to heaven because yeah. it's Mr. Rich Curtis. That's going to be awkward <laughs> yeah. at Purgatory, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the reason I'm here is her, so yeah. I'm going this way. Uh, I've absolutely no idea, but I think I'm up for the adventure. Yeah, that's good. Thank that's you. good. Catherine now is going to tell us the real answer. Here we go. Here we go. So... My auntie in Ireland, great auntie, is a midwife. Um, So she has had different medical jobs in her life. She's seen a lot of people come into the world, and she's seen a lot of people leave. And she says, just like when you leave, uh, something leaves you. You look different. Uh, There's something that definitely leaves you, she says. Equally, when a baby is delivered, something definitely goes in. Uh, They're like jelly, and then all of a sudden they're like, (gasps) and they're sentient. Um, so she had a very vivid dream that she believes to be true, and this is what I'm now communicating to you as fact. <laughs> she was coming to the end of her life, and she knew she was coming to the end of her life, and this vivid dream, and her legs were getting really heavy, and she knew she was coming to the end of her life. And then 
she was told somehow, some way, that energy, because it can't be destroyed, mm. her energy needed to go into people that she'd had contact with in her life. And it was all about balance. It was this system of scales and balances. You couldn't put too much energy into one person and upset their balance. You had to be very... Um, you know, calculated about how much energy you put into people, but you could choose. And then those people would sort of carry on your emotional intelligence. It would add to their just overall soul and spirit. And I think that answer accounts for a lot of emotional intelligence. And do you ever meet someone who just has zero emotional intelligence? <laughs> that's because no one ever chooses them. <laughs> People are like, that guy's a real prick. Like, I don't wanna, and, and this, the collective conscience, consciousness of um, human beings, I think does appear to grow a bit. And I yeah, think- Yeah, I love that. That also. you have a bit of your dad's energy and yeah, also yeah. your mother would have a bit of it and he would choose people. And I do feel like I'm settling scores for women in my family who were either burned as witches or just weren't allowed to have a voice or whatever. Should have burned all the witches when you had the chance, ha <laughs> ha. But, um, <laughs> but I feel this great responsibility from I feel ancestral pain, I feel these things. It's very um, almost Native American, but I really believe that. Yeah, I really love that answer. I love yeah. that I think answer. she did have the right answer, yeah. That's yeah. yeah, good, that I'm glad you like it. No, because we talked about the show as well, like when my, because I was in the room when my dad died, and definitely something left like yeah. left him definitely and that's it was so weird but it was hard because he was such a big character so it, it was particularly noticeable as opposed to other dead bodies I've seen where you're like oh they were older and they were you know they it, it didn't feel like a young person dying and I really did and I did this weird thing which I talked about on the show we were all in the room when he died and then we left and like the nurses came and did stuff and they said, do you want to go back in? And I, for years, thought we all did. But no, apparently it was just me. <laughs> My mum and brother didn't want to go back in. And I went in and opened the window because I was like, he's stuck in there. I had this thing. I was like, I need to open the window so he can get out. I know. I mean, I was into, you know, the craft. So I was a very spiritual person. And, um, but then another um, palliative care nurse got in touch and said they do the same thing at hospices. Like, they always open the window like because they feel like the energy needs to go somewhere and I have exact same theory the energy you can't you can't destroy energy it just changes but I don't I've never heard that about it being passed which I think is lovely that you've got to be careful where it goes and equally you don't want you don't want too much you don't want to inherit a whole parent that's overwhelming or you just do a podcast about it constantly <laughs> whatever works for you to like get rid of it um it's funny that word energy isn't it because yeah. it has a very bad press yeah yeah the whole hippie thing but I remember the first time of many times that I've seen a dead body the only thing the only thing that stopped the corpse being a person was energy yeah. and it never really struck me like that before it was everything was the same it was like all of this it's just there wasn't any energy yeah in it. yeah he's like just someone had taken the plug out yeah. and that thing that we did and and can go oh don't talk about energy. That's What's it? shut up with the energy what do you mean you're calming your but that's all we are yeah, yeah there's the matter and there's the energy the end and that's, that's how it. i felt when i saw him because i was just it, obviously being 15 and trying to process that but i was like oh that's who he was and it's gone yes and that's why they say it's so important for um children young adults to see the body because they often especially with children they don't get closure mm. but when you see a dead body you're like oh that makes sense like you said they're gone they're just there's no bit of you that feels like maybe they'll come back you're like nah that's Finished. totally like from the eyes like you said everything's the same but that's how I felt I was just looking at this 
what suddenly became a body, not my dad. Whereas like five minutes before it was like, that's my dad, he's dying. And I was like, oh, it's just like, I would have been like, yeah, chuck that to science. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not who he was anymore. Oh, your, what was her name, your great auntie? Anne. Oh, she's still alive. Oh, she's still alive. As far as I know. <laughs> that's amazing. She's cool. Oh, she's really cool. I have a friend who had to be put into a coma a few months ago um, for a couple of weeks. Wow. And he Just was really tired, needed a rest. Oh, really ill. But um, he knew that he had to be put into the coma and wow. his wife came and was with him for the couple of hours before they put him into it. Gosh. And the last thing that she said to him, the last thing that he heard when he went down, which really stayed with me, was she just said, don't walk towards the white light. <laughs> Oh, it's mm. great idea. Just that old cliche about they yeah. walked a bit. If you see the white light, it's not for run. You. <laughs> it's Come not back. for We've you. We've got three small kids. We yeah. need you. Yeah. And he was in a coma for two weeks and then yeah. he, he came fine. out of a coma? fine, yeah. Wow. Then he, did he remember anything? Could he say like... He's interesting about it. Yeah. Um, he did. He was in and out. He heard certain bits. He thought that he was... He hallucinated quite a lot because there was a huge amount of drugs going around his yeah. body. He was, she, wrote, she read him so many books, he didn't get, remember any of that. <laughs> but he had a few conversations, he remembered being touched. You know, oh. So bits and bobs. It wasn't as linear as you wanted it to be. Because so many guests talk about that as well, or being with the person at the end and being so worried that they can't hear them or they don't know and the uselessness of it. But I think that must do, like you said, it's the energy. It must do something that someone who loves you is next to you holding your hand. I held someone as yeah. they died once. Oh. That was a very strange. Do you remember Ned Sharon? Do you remember Yeah, that? yeah. Um, and I nursed him, Victorian Mather and I nursed him for the last six months of his life when wow. he had cancer. But because he was so British, he was very, he was a presenter and an author and a, a director and a raconteur. Yeah. And he was posh, <coughs> even though actually he wasn't posh at all. He was from Somerset. He was the son of a farmer. Um, and his brother's a really thick Somerset accent. Oh, and Ned was incredibly posh, spoke like this. Um, but he was so British that even though he knew he had cancer and then he knew that the cancer was terminal and then he absolutely knew that his days were numbered. And I was with him every day pretty much for the last few months. He never at any point said it out loud and at the end I was there that day I was my shift that day that he died and for the last half an hour I guess I was holding him and he he was in a coma I suppose or he'd gone at that point and even though I knew he would have hated it I did all the un-British things and said all the things that I wanted to say to him the conversation that we'd never been able to have mm and the um, emotional stuff that was impossible to say to him while he was conscious. I just did it all so that he went, wherever he went, probably to go and see Anne, he went with me really pissing him off in his ears. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you kind of have to at that moment. I don't think he would have mind. I think people who are very uptight about those things are sort of hoping you will break the rules eventually, don't you? I think I must have done it at the time where I wouldn't have done it, yeah. but it was a very odd thing. And then, but then I felt him go. Wow. I felt that thing. Did you feel it, feel it? I just, it was like a switch off. It wasn't like a switch out. God. It was a switch off. Oh, it's so amazing, isn't it? Well, um, we have a few moments left. Uh, we were going to open it up to the audience in case someone, someone has some questions uh, about death or grief or anything we've talked about. We don't have like large counselling time, but we're obviously here for you. Um, well, I found out from a friend of a friend a few weeks ago that one of her cousins got cancer and 
shows to be cryogenically frozen. Wow. So it's actually a thing. So I just wondered whether you would be interested in that. <laughs> Catherine, do you want to be cryogenically frozen? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sure, that's a great idea. I mean, yeah. Do you not have to do it just before you die, though? Yeah, do you know any details about it? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was uh, $100,000 for 99 years. But it's Catherine's cheaper. just like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, it's cheaper if you just want your head frozen rather than your whole body. Um, okay. And they, because he had cancer, they basically said, coordinated with his medical team and said, let us know just before he dies so we can freeze him. But he's got cancer. See, my problem with me is, like, when my dad died, we couldn't donate any organs because he was like, riddled with cancer. So this guy's got cancer and they cryogenically frozen him. Then they wake him up in 99 years and they're still like, got still got cancer. I guess you're hoping there's an immediate cure in 99 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, hopefully there will be. They're thinking in 99 years there'll be a cure for yeah. it. Yeah, but that's wishful thinking. Was Look how long we've been alive and there still isn't one. Was oh, what this was in Britain? Was it in Britain? He did it through the US. Yeah, you don't want to wake up in the US 99 years from <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That is very true. You want to be careful where you end up in that freezer, right? You know, like when you go, did you ever go around to people's like house when you were younger and then some freezers were so gross? Do you know what I mean? Like they'd have like a giant chest freezer in the garage just full of like weird meat. One of the nosy kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Who isn't a nosy kid? Surely when you go to, you're both looking at me like, no. <laughs> When you go to someone's house, you have a good nose. No, no child comes to my house and goes, checking out the freezer now. <laughs> yeah. what's in here. You know, it's normally like playing hide and seek and then coming across this weird chest freezer. Okay. I'm quite I'm still, I'm just, I don't, the idea of waking up in 99 years time, I still have problems working out NCP car park systems. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> They'd be so advanced yeah. then that you would just, that you'd, you'd give up, you'd kill yourself. No, you'd be a celeb. So people would do things for you. Would they though? Yeah, because they'd be like, oh, this British lady that froze herself 100 years ago. Then, hooray, hooray. Then they'd give you a phone and you wouldn't know how to work it. <laughs> so you'd have an assistant. <laughs> they'd speak a language you didn't understand. <laughs> I'm worried. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I wouldn't want to do that at all. I'm, I'm not, doing it. You do? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Catherine, I'm happy for you to do it. Or taxidermy. Oh, be stuffed? That. I would love that. <laughs> you want to be stuffed? That's right up my street. I once taxidermied a mouse. Wow. No. Yes. <laughs> Self? Yes. How? I, it, it was a course. I did it in America. I got very, very drunk at a party, and I woke up the next morning to a text saying, brilliant, I'm so pleased you're going to join us. See you at 11. And I could have gone, I have no idea what you're talking about, and I'm staying in bed. But I thought, ah, I'm going to do it. So I, so I said, where is it? Thinking, please give me a clue. And she gave me an address, and I turned up at this place, and it was an all-day taxidermy course. Wow. <laughs> and, and you're like, like, I'm in full bondage. How embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I left five hours later having opened a white mouse wow. and taken out its insides and dried it oh, no. and filled it with a little straw body, sewed it up again and then made clothes for it. Because <laughs> that's what he needs. He needs clothes. Heaven he forbid we see his sinful genitals. <laughs> Did he have just a shirt and no pants, like cartoon? I gave him a tutu, actually. Oh, yeah. nice. It was sweet. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, any other questions? Oh, yes, there's one further along the line. Um, so, my dad recently died. I'm sorry. Which is, uh, no, it's fine. Um, but it wasn't, I'm so sorry, it was, I'm sorry, and the tone was, that's shit. That's yeah, shit. Yeah, it is, uh, it is shit. But um, he died in what I think was quite ridiculous circumstances. Okay. Now, can we... a turnip. There's just what... 
Are you going to be okay if people laugh? Are you yeah, sure? Yeah, yeah, it's fine, okay, it's fine. all right, okay. This is kind of what this is about. All right, all right. He was a funeral director. Whoa! And he dropped dead of a heart attack while loading a body into an ambulance. <gasps> no! <laughs> Which I think was is absolutely ridiculous. He died doing kept, what he loved, right? Exactly, yeah. I kept making jokes about this, or have done for the last few months. <laughs> I cannot explain how uncomfortable it makes people. <laughs> I want to know if you'd had any experience with this. And I've, I keep being like, it's my dad who's died. I'm yeah. drunk and want to take the piss a little bit. And everyone's like, ooh, are you all right? I mean, I, d I would make jokes all the time. And I had friends who were deeply uncomfortable with it, definitely. But I kind of always thought, oh, it's because I'm a teenager and they just don't like don't know what to do. And that's when I gravitated to people, as we say, in the club. So me and my friend Hannah, the wonderful Hannah Harvey, had um, Dead Dad Club. So we would make those jokes when it was Father's Day and you know, all that stuff. And then I think you need to, that's why it's quite useful to find, I mean, you don't need to, obviously that's a very specific situation. So <laughs> don't try and find someone whose dad was also a funeral director. But it, that's why it's quite helpful to find someone who l will laugh because they just know that you don't mean, you don't mean I'm glad he's dead. I mean, I'm laughing because I'm feeling a lot of emotion and this is one way to like valve it out for a second and feel okay and feel like I will laugh again. But it's hard to explain that to people who don't understand. <laughs> it's also, I mean, maximum respect to you for doing that. And as far as I'm concerned, you, you have every single inch of the moral high ground. Oh, yeah. And if anybody makes you feel bad for doing that, they, how dare they? You know, it, it, it's your dad and it's your gig and it's your story and it's your choice. And huge respect to you for actually, you know, just, just say having to them, said that. Say to them, my dad never laughed at my jokes either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was, he was a funeral director, so he was quite a, quite a serious man, actually. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I would just say, like, it's really, having grown up, obviously making those jokes for 20 years, some people, they just, it's not their fault, they just don't know. And their silence and uncomfortableness, you know, you ha again, you ha I think it's sometimes helpful to just go, they just don't get it, but one day they will. That's how I always felt better. <laughs> I'd be like, sure, babes, you don't know why I'm laughing, but one day you will. And then they come to you. You wait as you get older. People will turn up and be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I was such a dick when your dad died. Like, I didn't understand. Just one by one, I've had people come along the way. One of uh, one of my sister's friends' dads recently like, died about two weeks ago. Just right. to, again, really, really suddenly. And, uh, yeah, all they do is just get drunk and watch Riverdale. <laughs> It Whatever really gets help. you through. Whatever gets you through. Thank you so much for uh, sharing the you. story. Thank you. Um, any other questions? Do I see any others? No, I don't think, I think everyone's shy. That, your, that story was so good. It couldn't be topped. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, thank you so much for coming. You've been such a wonderful audience. It's been so lovely to uh, prove that you can talk about death in a, in a cheery fashion. <laughs> in a cheery fashion. Uh, please give a round of applause for my amazing guests, Emma Freud and Catherine Ryan, everybody. That's a round of applause. You've been a wonderful audience. Thank you. You can follow Emma on Twitter at Emma Freud, and you can follow Catherine on Twitter at Cathbum, and also see her special on Netflix at the moment. It's called Catherine Ryan in Trouble. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast, and if you want to email us, you can email thegriefcast at gmail.com. The show was edited by Kate Holland with thanks to Whistledown Studios and the music was provided by the Glue Ensemble. And remember, you are not alone. <laughs>